Do you want to build your profile on LinkedIn, but the idea of publicly sharing your own thoughts and ideas is terrifying? What will people think? How will you be perceived? Today, you'll be inspired to lessen those fears and take that step to bring more of your authentic self to LinkedIn on the Standout Get Noticed podcast. Hi there, Rockstar, and welcome to episode 285 of Standout Get Noticed. I'm Christina Cantor's communication skills trainer, speaker, and MC. I am super excited for you to meet my guest this week, the fabulous Karen Tisdell, who is a LinkedIn expert, profile writer, and also a LinkedIn top voice. She's got over 20,000 followers on LinkedIn. So she absolutely knows what she's talking about. And Karen is here to share why it's so important to bring your true self to LinkedIn. Well, she's going to share what holds people back and some tips and tricks that you can implement right now to start building a stronger LinkedIn profile. So if you've always wanted to do more on LinkedIn to build your profile and your presence, this episode is a must listen. Show notes are at thecmethod.com slash 285. So my first question to Karen was, why is it so hard to be yourself on LinkedIn? Enjoy this one with Karen Tisdell. What I hear from my clients all the time, and I think it's hard for people like you and I because, you know, we're quite comfortable being in the public eye and and we're often standing on stages, you're producing podcasts, I'm producing content all the time on LinkedIn, so I'm quite used to being in the public eye, but a lot of my clients say to me, oh, but everybody will see it. I'm like, yeah, it's kind of the point. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I think I'm... You know, and I think it's that that overthinking it and the whole, oh, my gosh, it's got to be so perfect. And I think mm. what a lot of people don't realise is that nobody's printing off your profile and looking at it word by word and then looking at it again the next week and the week after that. Nobody's doing that. So I think if you're an employee or even a business owner, you know, you can perfect it incrementally. You know, it's all about moving your profile towards who you want to be not um, going, oh, my gosh, it's got to be so perfect, and then I put it up. Of course, it can't have spelling errors and things like that, but Mm. we are all a work in progress, aren't we? You know, and I think people expect their profile to project who they're going to be in 10 years' time needs to be so Mm. perfect, and I think it can be a work in progress. Yeah, absolutely. Karen, when you first started posting on LinkedIn, how long ago was that? Uh, That was 2010 was my first post. Yeah. And I probably really hit my strides about 2013. So I started sort of writing articles and things like that. So I think I've only got one article that's on my LinkedIn profile that goes back that far. I think I deleted some of my earlier articles because they're just so embarrassing. But we all have to start somewhere, right? And I think it's just about it taking a while to find your voice, you know, so Mm. it can take a long time before you go, yeah, that feels okay. And getting comfortable with the uncomfortable, which, you know, I mean, my gosh, we've had a whole year of that, haven't we? Absolutely. Um, Getting comfortable with being (laughs) uncomfortable. (laughs) So when you first started, Karen, what was your voice like back then? And how how did you feel about putting yourself out there on social media? I knew that if I wanted to attract the work that I wanted, I knew that it was always about if and how I was remembered, you know. I think I've been really lucky 
to be remarkably average looking, <laughs> to be five foot four, Caucasian, brown hair. <laughs> just, you know, I, I think all through my school years, all through my life, I've always kind of looked like everybody else. And I have so many people say, me, I have a friend who looks like you, or, you know, something like that. Okay. So I think having the sort of face that's not very memorable, I knew really young that you had to have an impression, you had to have presence. And I think that so many of us struggle to have presence in person because it feels excruciating to pull attention to you. But what I loved about LinkedIn and where I think it is fantastic for for introverts out there is that you can really curate how you want to come across. You can change yourself incrementally and change your profile incrementally and really grow how you're managing if and how people think of you. So I always had that front of mind. I always thought I have to be on here. I have to stand out. But I think when I was first writing, I I felt I had to be quite formal. Mm. And I think it took me a long time and following a writer called Angie King, who spoke a lot about using your authentic voice and just, you know, turning up as yourself. So you know, when I look at my earlier articles, I wasn't using the word I or you. I was talking as if I was a company, you know, like a product. And times have changed so much in 10 years. I mean, you know, now you've got advertisements for Jim Beam, making Jim Beam sound like he's the person, you know, like born in Tennessee, raised everywhere. Have you seen that? You know, I think even advertising is, you know, it's personalising products. And so I think people need to show up as themselves, mm. using a very conversational tone. Can you give me an example of the type of language that you would use that's very, like, company-focused or sounds yeah, like a so company? I think instead of, um, you know, when you're writing a LinkedIn profile, particularly that about section, you know, you're not using words like I do not but writing don't and right. not writing I have but throwing in a few I've. You know, this is about sounding like you're having a conversation with somebody and it's about sounding like you are warm and inviting, somebody that people would want to work with, not talking in the third person like you're so important that you can't talk to people directly. You know, you really need to have that first person perspective and and feel approachable. Even if you're not going to accept everybody as a connection, you want to sound welcoming. Why do you think people feel like they have to be so formal on LinkedIn? Because I don't think people are that way on Facebook or Instagram. I think it's our history, you know, um, but I, I see this even in younger people. I mean, I grew up in the 1980s. When I was growing up in the 1980s, it was all about big shoulder pads and it was all about leave your emotions at the door. And I think Brené Brown, you know, talking about who she is, Simon Sinek talking about your why, I think we're a lot more educated and warmer now around being ourselves and I think Mm. this certainly has been a year of being a lot more authentic and a lot more vulnerable and and a lot having a lot more courageous conversations but I think we still have that hang up and I think even younger people have this whole business is a place where I put on a jacket Mm. and with that jacket comes a whole load of baggage like not using the word I and not showing your emotions and I think we need to look at where society is going and realise that, you know, more and more organisations are talking about psychological safety and leadership and, you know, and self-leadership. And so you need to show up as yourself and don't be so afraid of offending people that you don't stand out at all. An article I wrote recently, you know, I, I use this expression, you know, us being Australians, um, that, you know, you've got to be more like Vegemite than vanilla. 
you know. So for people not listening, <laughs> Vegemites, what, what, how would you describe Vegemite brown, salty spread? For our North bread? American friends, uh, yeah, for our non-Australian friends, it's a yeast, concentrated yeast extract that's brown and extraordinarily salty. And I must say during my pregnancy I've been eating it every day because I've been craving salt <laughs> like crazy and it's great. And it's so salty. But it's, yeah, it's very like strong. Is it? <laughs> I think Marmite is like they Marmite is trying to be like Vegemite. Isn't Vegemite the original or is Marmite the original? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like Vegemite's the original. So I think it's about not being afraid of being all that you are. And if people don't like all of that, and it's not that they're going to dislike it, but they might not agree with your opinions, at least they're going to remember them. That's so hard though, Karen. Like that fear, like so many people have that fear of, what if I put this out there and what will people think? What will people think of me? You know, did you struggle with that when you were getting started or even before, you know, before starting your own business? Well, I came from a background in sales, you know, in recruitment. And I think also uh, being female, actually, I think you learn from a really young age to be nice, play nice, mm. be likable. Um, my mom would always say to me, oh, did you make friends today? Like that was such a social achievement. <laughs> And, um, you know, it's not about making sure that everybody likes me. It's just about making sure that the right people see me. And you're far more likely to be remembered if you do polarise somebody, some people. So just thinking about what you're writing in your profile from the perspective of your audience's shoes. So it sounds like the first step, Karen, is to get really clear on who are the people you're wanting to attract first off. That's the first step. Absolutely. So many people write their LinkedIn profile to try and please themselves um, so that they can look good to them. That's actually not what it's about. It's about getting really clear. Yep. Just as if you're going on a stage, are you going to do a presentation at work? You know, and I'm only saying stages because I know you do just so much training with people around how they show up. So just like you would prepare for how you show up for a meeting, well, how would you show up? And that's all about the audience, you know. Yeah. What do you want people, who do you want to attract and stand in their shoes? So for someone, Karen, who let's say they're a working professional, maybe they're a manager at a company, and I know a lot of people use LinkedIn as a way to, um, you know, find find a new, move into a new career or, you know, uh, meet with recruiters and that sort of thing. For someone who is quite happy in their career but they're still very ambitious and they want to keep, you know, growing and accelerating and that sort of thing, how could they potentially approach, you know, posting on LinkedIn and what sort of audience could they potentially be targeting? So, again, I think it's looking at your goals. And so who is it that they want to influence and to what end? Are they looking at getting out of their company or managing how they're perceived with people in their company? Or is it a bit of both? Is there a side hustle that they're growing um, and they want those people? So they might have multiple audiences. Do they want to impress their staff? Because staff retention is a big thing and they want to let their staff see who they are. So they want to post about things that that share something of themselves. And so really thinking about what their objectives are. And I think, um, you know, a really great example, I think, is Coca-Cola Amatil. So years ago I did some work. Um, it was career transition work, actually, with Coca-Cola Amatil. So I was running a couple of workshops around LinkedIn for job seekers. 
And then I had select people in the company just approached me out of the blue and just said, I hear you're doing these workshops. I hear you write LinkedIn profiles. Can we have a session? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. It's strictly confidential. This won't go back to CCA. And they're like, oh, no, I'm not looking for a job. It's just that I have peers who are in Asia who are scattered all over the world and I will never get to meet these people. And they will forget that I've got an MBA. Mm. They will forget what I've done previously. So I need to manage how I'm perceived. So think, you know, what is your objective? And then, you know, what are the areas that really that interest you and interest them? And I think of that as if it's a Venn diagram, you know, those two overlapping circles. You know, what's that sweet spot that interests them and it interests you? Then that's what you talk about. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And I'm I'm glad that you went deeper into the, you know, managing how others perceive you, you know, because mm-hmm. I just, I think a lot of professionals think, well, what's the point of me being on LinkedIn? Because yeah. I'm happy in my job. I don't, I'm not looking to change jobs. I think it's purely a, a job seeking platform. But if you think about it, if you're looking to build your visibility and your influence within your company, everyone in your company is going to be on LinkedIn as well. Everyone is. Yeah, Q2 of 2020, um, LinkedIn increased by 27%. LinkedIn activity increased by 27%. So people are yearning for connection and they're on LinkedIn and they're not on LinkedIn because they're looking for a job. These are not all job seekers by a long shot. Mm. It's people who, you know, we're not meeting at office foyers like we used to. Um, Who knows if conferences will ever go back to what they were. You know, we're not meeting over the water cooler like we used to. Working at home is the new normal and will continue to be the new normal maybe forever for a lot of us. And if it's not going to be working completely at home, I don't think we're ever going to be, you know, out of the door at 8 o'clock and back home at 6 for most people. You know, if you're lucky, it might even be sort of 7 until 7. So I think more people are working from home now And with that, they're looking to LinkedIn to have those business conversations, to have those relationships. So it's not just even about uh, managing that next opportunity or how you're perceived or promotion, but just to stay in your job, just to stay relevant and show that thought leadership, show that you know what you're talking about, you are an expert. And if you are an engineer, talk about that particular area of engineering. If you're, you know, um, whatever it is you do, if you're an accountant, talk about your passion for tax, you know, and, and numbers show what it is you're really interested in and share ideas. You know, every time your staff or your clients have a light bulb moment, they're like, wow, that was really amazing. Document that. And that is a post because mm. if your client's just gone, oh my gosh, I didn't know I could calculate GST that way, then that's a post because that's going to help people and it highlights your expertise. So it will help to keep you in your job as well as get you promoted and hit hunted. Yeah, that's a great point, Karen. You know, in Australia, and I know New Zealand as well, we have this wonderful thing called tall poppy syndrome where people don't want to look like they're bragging and they want to seem modest and we fear that if we put a post out there and say, look what I've done, look how good I am, then people are just going to cut us down. What are your tips for people who are are struggling with that idea of self-promotion? 
I actually, and this might be something you disagree with, and I'd love to hear if it is. You know, I'm sure your your listeners would, would love that. Well, you're about to be Vegemite, um, right? <laughs> yeah, but I I'll let you know if I like it or not. <laughs> I actually think don't self-promote. Don't self-promote. Instead, share information, share ideas. You know, so I think we do have this tall puppy syndrome and you uh, you hear it on LinkedIn globally. People talk about the hashtag humble brag. You know, oh, mm. yeah, humble brag. You know, so I think instead of showing or telling people, you know, oh, I've done this and I've done that and I've won these awards, you can put it up there. But if it is a humble brag, if it is an achievement that you want everybody to know about, then connect it to an emotion. Show right. I'm really excited to be presenting for or I can't believe I just had an article written in this magazine you know so if um if there's something you've done then unfortunately in in our culture here in Australia where we've got that whole mateship don't be too big for your boots don't stand out too much you've got to show the emotion but outside of those awards I think it's really helpful to create posts where you're sharing tips and you're sharing ideas and that's why you're looking for those light bulb moments in your client's eyes, that's where you're looking for the whole, oh, my gosh, I didn't know that. Really? You didn't know that? Okay, need to create a post around that. You know, so I think it's all about giving everything away. And I love this idea. I, I think Jamie Oliver's restaurants have gone bust, haven't they? I think they have. So maybe it's not a good analogy. All the ones in Melbourne? Yeah, haven't they? I think they might have. Were they the ones where he had the, did he have homeless, people who were homeless running them? Was that I him? Think he did. Yeah, and he was like mentoring them and, and yeah, having them as apprentices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think you know Jamie Oliver is a famous chef. Um, yeah. Had these restaurants. I don't think they've done well, so maybe it's not a good story. But I love this idea that you just give away your recipes. You know, give away your recipes because people will pay for the implementation. So give away all your ideas, give away all your knowledge, share all your top tips. I know that you give away, like you give away a lot of tips with your, you've got your top Tisdale tips that you put out there around how to use LinkedIn more effectively. And you give away a lot. You put in like screenshots of click this, click that. This is exactly what you need to do, which is just fantastic. And obviously people still come to you to, to help them with their profiles. Yeah, because I think we live in the information economy. The idea that people have got specialist expertise and they have to keep it all locked and gated away, like I think that there is a place for that. I think mastermind groups and membership groups are fantastic for that um, because then you go, well, if you want all this, you can get that. But if you just share little bits of it as you're going along, Mm. then people go, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. And if they had the time, They could sit on YouTube and they could watch every single video you've ever done. They could listen to every single podcast. They could read every post you've ever written on on LinkedIn and they could go, oh, my gosh, I've learned all this stuff from Christina. I don't need to pay for her membership group. I don't need to pay for her coaching service because I've devoured all of her content. But they're going to become your biggest fans and they'll talk to other people about you. But then there's those people who go, you know, I love her podcast. I listen to most of them, but occasionally I'll miss one. You know, it's this whole, I don't have time to just eat at all. So can I just pay you and you can just teach me the good stuff, you know? So I think when you give it away, you're leaving those breadcrumbs. Yeah. And you're demonstrating to people that you are capable of of helping them and people get to know you and your, your approach. I find that the podcast works really well for that. And you know what's also great about the podcast? 
people will hear a guest on my show and then write to me and say, oh, I listened to that storytelling episode that you did. Can you coach me? And it's like I wasn't even the the expert, you know, to quote unquote, um, on that episode, but it's still by association that people find value in it through the guests. Yeah, I think you're selling yourself a bit short there. I think you offer amazing tidbits. When I listen to that, um, Yumini. Um, Yamini. You know the podcast? Yeah, and you talked about, you know, your comedy and I was like, oh, my gosh, I forgot that Christina did all that comedy stuff. So I was reminded of your Mm. awesomeness in that. And I think you just the questions you ask as well, because I think great coaching isn't all about having the knowledge, but it's about having the knowledge and knowing what questions to get it out of people. And you're an amazing, an amazing interviewer. Thanks, Karen. I hope I'm doing an okay job today. <laughs> you know, it's I hope really giving lots of value to people. You know, it's really interesting. When have you seen the video by Derek Sivers called Obvious to You, Amazing to Others? It's no. really great. I'll send it to you and I'll link it up in the show notes. And he because when you were talking before about how you know, if you have an experience with a client or at work where you taught someone something new and they go, oh, I didn't know that. A lot of the times, because we are the subject matter expert, we go, oh, but doesn't everyone know that? Like that's, isn't it obvious? But to other people, it's like, no, that's amazing. And I think that can really hold people back from sharing it because they think this isn't important. Everyone should know this. Like, for example, Karen, like you might write an article about you know, you must write a great summary for your LinkedIn profile. And part of you might think, surely everyone knows that, but it's like, no, they don't. And for some people that's amazing. They go, I never thought of doing that before. Yeah. I did a webinar recently about the importance of having a profile headshot where you showed your eyes. Uh-huh. <laughs> and a whole load of people on the, uh, on, on the webinar go, oh, eye contact, important. I better get a photo. I was like, are you serious? <laughs> you know, so for me, at the end of every everything I do, um, uh, particularly one-on-one coaching, I'm always like, of everything we covered today, what did you find most helpful or most surprising? And I'm documenting their answers and those that's post ideas. because I, And they come out with things like, you know, oh, eye contact in a headshot photo. And I'm like, really? <laughs> okay, next post is going to be around don't put a whole body shot, make sure it's eye contact. Yeah, I love that. I, I would love to see that because it's not obvious to you and that's where you've mm. got to try and collect those nuggets and use um, Evernote or OneNote or even just carry a notebook with you. Um, or voice memo records and just, you know, every time somebody goes, oh, that's amazing. Another thing I hear is that people say, oh, but everybody's already said that. Mm. And I love there's that quote, isn't there? Um, Everything that ever needs to be said has already been said, but people weren't listening properly the first time. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) That's great. And I think that's so true. And I think that, you know, good information, it has to land the right way. And it also has to land at the same time, you know. Mm. I I told everybody earlier, you know, I'm 47 this year and there's still things that I'm going, oh, my gosh, I didn't know that. I think the older I get, the more I realise how little I know about life and the more I'm waking up to things and going, oh, wow, whoever would have thought of that. So I think just because I've heard something a million times doesn't mean I've actually really got it, like actually in my body understood it. So you might go, oh, but everybody's already said that. It's already been said. It's so obvious. Well, actually, it might not be obvious to everybody. 
And also people might not have tuned into it before or it might not have been the right time. So you just need to keep showing up, producing content just once or twice a week would be great, even just once a week because you never know when somebody's going to have that, oh, my gosh, I never knew that. And you've just risen your, you know, how you're perceived in those people's eyes to expert. So it's just about consistently showing up. Let's say that you're working, you know, as, as part of a big company or even a small company. If you post something, maybe your colleagues and team will read that and take it on board because it's you, because they know yeah. you personally. Whereas if it was some other random person, they might have been like, oh, who's this person? But because it's you, they'll actually listen. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if the content's not a brand new idea, it's something they'll take on board. Yeah, and also because it helps people to be aware of the company that you're working for, and so you become a brand advocate for the company. Mm. So I got an email that was really quite um, moving on Friday from um, a company that I'd, I'd done a couple of webinars for, and they're laying people off. They're making some people redundant, which is really quite sad. But the email that I got, um, sorry, LinkedIn message that I got was from somebody who said, look, I just wanted to reach out and say thanks because I took everybody everything on board on your webinars. You know that I've been posting on LinkedIn. And when I approached them and said, will my role be one of the ones that, that is going to be made redundant, they said to me, no because you have managed relationships internally in the company really well and because of your posting on LinkedIn, you have a presence outside the company Wow! and that is valuable to us. That's amazing. I just get shivers down my spine just thinking of it. I got shivers. Yeah, and she was like, you've just saved my job. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know. So all those people who thought, oh, yeah, LinkedIn, whatever, you need to be a brand advocate. You need to talk about how much you like your company and the things you're learning and, you know, really you know, that, that helps the company. It's about being an influencer for your company, being a brand advocate for your company by showcasing the expertise, you know. There's also this wonderful mortgage broker, Christian Stevens, and I remember seeing him at an event and he came up to me and we were speaking and there was somebody standing nearby and the person standing nearby was just looking at Christian like he just thought Christian was amazing, like just, oh, you know. <laughs> I was like, okay, clearly I'm not wanted here. So I kind of excused myself and stood back and sort of said, you know, did you want to speak to Christian? He said, oh, yeah, hi, thank you so much. He said, you know, I've just, I, I just really admire everything you're doing. He said, you know, I, I really would love to work for your company because your company is so cool and, you know, are there ever any openings? And Christian, he's so composed and so dapper. He's a mortgage broker. And, and he said, why do you think my company's really good? And he said, well, because you post about them all the time. Like, you know, so they must be a great company. I thought, oh, you know, light bulb moment. Again, it's all that brand advocacy, isn't it? Well, that in itself is an incredibly compelling reason to have a presence and to be posting on LinkedIn. For, Even if you're not looking for, for a job, just yeah. to keep your job and to stay influential and who knows where it can lead. Absolutely. I'm sure it could lead to, you know, other opportunities and for you to be top of mind for promotions, for, for, for other opportunities, because they go, well, this person is clearly engaged. They care. They add so much value. And I think that's, that's really key what you said there, Karen, about uh, with, with the story of the, the lady who messaged you, that the company saw her value as not just being the work she did. I think that's absolutely critical. It's yes. not just the work you do. It's also your ability to be an advocate for the company and to and to 
help the company build up the, uh, the brand that it wants to build. Yeah, you're extending their brand footprint. And for it to be so recognised, you know, yeah, just yeah. amazing. She'd even sort of snip me some of what they said. So, yeah, just incredible. I also think it's really helpful in terms of, you know, if anybody's thinking about pivoting or reinventing, you know. Do you have a few clients who come to you, Christina, who are wanting to sort of reinvent themselves? Is that sort of something that you do in your program? Um, potentially down the track, yeah. There'll be people who come in who are thinking about it and they're thinking, you know, I'm still in my company now but down the track I want to do this stuff. And a lot of people will come to me because they want to build their communication and leadership skills in the role that they're at so that they can then prepare for that transition. Yeah. Yeah, I thought so. And so I think that, you know, we've seen so many more entrepreneurs, I think, in the last year um, or the last six months. Anyway, that's what I thought so. And I just put that out on LinkedIn, actually, and I think it got something like about 20,000, 30,000 likes. So a lot of people also felt the same thing. That um, Just a casual 30,000 likes. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was a bit pleased. Um, you know, so a lot of people obviously resonated with a lot of people that people are starting side hustles. They are starting their entrepreneurial journey. And if they're not, they're thinking about it because I think, you know, we realised that gig economy, that whole, you know, a job is not a job for life and you need to really take care of your own career and manage your own career and your own journey. More and more people are realising that and thinking, well, could I have a side hustle? Could I have something like that? And I think on LinkedIn you can grow a really great audience and in your current role that helps your current company, that showcases your expertise. And you can potentially use that then to further something that you might do later you know so a bit of a sad story I know a LinkedIn trainer um in the UK and <laughs> amazing LinkedIn trainer and um and he was constantly I can't remember his last name for the life of me first name Stephen but that's not very helpful um and he was just producing beautiful content around how to use LinkedIn and his son committed suicide oh my god yeah and he wrote about it on LinkedIn he just poured everything out on LinkedIn. And then he got a phone call from somebody. He tells his story quite a lot, actually. And then he got a phone call from somebody saying, we're just wondering if we can republish your article. And it's like, oh, I don't know, it's really personal. And they're like, yeah, this, the woman said, yeah, we think it would reach a few people, like quite a, a few people, really help a few people. We have a really large readership. And she named something like so many billion. He said, I'm, I'm sorry, who did you say you were? Ariana Huffington. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I know. I'll have to find his name and put it and message it so that you might want to put it on the show notes. Anyway, he got his article featured and she called him personally. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. So he had grown this presence and he's done so much for suicide, so much for suicide prevention. Now I'm getting another shiver down my back, <laughs> you know, because he's saved lives. Hmm didn't save his sons but saved his lives and done so much because he shared his journey, mm. you know, and so he's taken that audience that he grew and used it for something else. Now, you know, th that is a bit of a sad story, but, you know, you, you build an audience who knows what it, where it can take you and what you can do with that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Karen, I mean, thank you for sharing that. I'd definitely love to um, love if you share his, yeah, full name. When you remember. So, Karen, I'm conscious of time. I know we have a couple minutes left. Can you share, for someone getting started with this, 
So now, right now someone's feeling really inspired. They're like, right, Karen and Christina, you convinced me. I'm going to start posting on LinkedIn. I'm going to be more active. What would, what would be your top Tisdale tip for someone getting started? Oh, we've already covered be clear on who, who it is you want to impress, you know, who is it you want to attract. You've got to be excited about what you're talking about. Um, so it has to be in that Venn diagram of what they're interested in mm. and what you're interested in. And I think just also, I think you also need to realise that although you feel like the world's looking at you and although we're all quite self-conscious, I think it was a real gift for me being so immemorable that I've had to grow my presence and I've had to make myself remembered because I've realised that actually people don't remember me when I turn up at a party or they certainly didn't. I've had to grow that presence. And similarly, people don't actually look at everything they're reading on LinkedIn and go, oh, Karen wrote that. You know, you've actually got to turn up repeatedly before people remember you. You know, the first couple of posts of mine, Christina, you probably don't even remember what they are, right? No way you can, I don't remember what your first couple were. I remember loving your content, but I don't remember what it all was about. Because if you think about how quickly people are skip, people because people are on their phone scrolling through at warp speed. Absolutely. <laughs> they're not going to stop and read every single thing. Absolutely. So I think we need to go, don't, you know, don't, don't sort of think that people are really getting so judgy, judgy that, you know, they're going to look at something you wrote and they're going to unfollow you and judge you for it. You've actually got to show up repeatedly in order for them to go, oh, that person's posting on LinkedIn. Like, you know, we lead really busy lives. Yeah. Uh, we're more connected than our parents or our grandparents were um, with so many more interconnections. So, you know, you need to keep showing up to be remembered. People are not, you're not going to put one post out there and people are all going to judge you for it. They're probably not going to notice. Absolutely. Oh, look, I'll get podcast listeners writing to me and saying, oh, your podcast helped me so much. I really loved the tip about this. And I'll say, oh, which episode did you, which episode did you find the most helpful? And they'll go, oh, I don't know. I can't remember. It was just from one of your episodes. I don't know. So it's like people don't remember which is which. They just which remember that. It was. They yeah. just remember that something came from my podcast that helped them in some way. Absolutely. Um, you can follow somebody for years on LinkedIn and then suddenly forget his last name. <laughs> Karen, tell us tell us a bit more about who the people are that you work with and the the main services that that you offer. I'm essentially a LinkedIn profile writer. So I write LinkedIn profiles. So in a done for you um, type fashion. Um, I do love really collaborative. So I tend to only work with people who are in my time zone, which is another reason why I also share so many, so much content because, um, you know, that's not going to fit with everybody. So yeah. if everybody looks me up on LinkedIn, Karen Tisdale with the weird spelling, right? T I. Thank you so much for pronouncing my name correctly, by the way. Do people um, say Tisdale? It's not Tisdale, it's Tisdale. Yeah. You did very well and you never even checked with me. Thank you. Um, so if you look me up on LinkedIn, you can follow me there and I'm always producing content. So I do do LinkedIn webinars and things like that, but profile writing is my key thing. Love it. Well, I hope people do reach out to you, Karen, to get that head start because, as you all know, having that strong profile is a really great first step to standing out on, on LinkedIn. Especially in a digital world. Yes. Thanks, Karen, for joining me. Thanks so much. Really appreciate it. Big thanks to Karen Tisdell for being such a generous guest on the show this week. Make sure you go and stalk her LinkedIn profile to see what she writes on her about section so you can just copy, obviously make it your own. Don't just 
copy paste, but you get the idea of what a really great profile looks like. You can find links to the resources that we spoke about as well as a summary of this episode in the show notes at thecmethod.com slash 285. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Keep on being awesome and I'll talk to you next week. I'm Christina Cantors and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed. Get Noticed.